Hey, hey, everybody, Kevin here with Pursuing Pixels, and welcome back to another edition of Save It for the Cast. And as always here, we're going to be getting to the uh, video game chit-chat between uh, Randall, John, and I in just a little bit. And uh, just a heads up, uh, we're not veering into basketball territory so much this week, but we are veering into pretty much exclusively Elden Ring territory. Um, we don't get, I think John and Randall even mentioned at the top of the conversation that we might get into spoiler stuff and maybe some people are pickier than I am about spoilers, but at least I, I, as someone who's not really playing Elden Ring and has no plans to play it really. Um, but, but I'm pretty, you know, I can be a little touchy about spoilers. I definitely like to go into a game kind of blind or fresh or whatever, especially if it's something that I know I want to play. So, uh, from, at least from my perspective, I feel like it's a pretty spoiler free conversation, but uh, yeah, it's pretty much all Elden Ring uh, chit chat uh, once we end Dark Souls and just all that. We we go into other territory as well, but definitely uh, a bit of an Elden Ring cast coming up uh, once we uh, toss the ball over to Randall, John and I. But I did want to give a shout out to uh, we don't really talk about it all that much on the podcast here, but we've got our PP potpourri pursuing pixels potpourri. It's we used to call it kind of a book club. Now I'm kind of changing it because basically what we do is on our itch.io page, we pick uh, five free to play or name your price or. Uh, browser playable games every week basically yeah just five games that you can play without spending any money or you can you know you can donate to the developer on itch.io or uh, purchase it yeah name your price basically you can go about it that way if you like but uh yeah we just hit our 40th week i think we're actually on week 42 now but uh since we're picking five games every week that's 200 games that we keep cataloging uh every week like i, I consolidate them once we hit like a batch of 100 then i put all the individual like week batches they're basically just collections on our itch.io page i'll put those all into like okay here's weeks one through 20 with all of the first 100 games so i've got those first two batches of 100 so 200 games plus the next uh couple of weeks and we uh, uh release those or announce those games every thursday um and i try to be pretty on top of that as far as like getting it out first thing in the morning but regardless yeah we're we're always checking out five awesome like free-to-play games every week um i don't not free to play because I, I that terminology like i always think of like genshin impact or even like rocket league or some of the newer like that free-to-play structure where i'm talking more like stuff yeah you can just go on and play either game jam stuff or basically a lot of the games that like I tend to talk about on some of these like smaller episodes or even, yeah, some of the some of the games from the uh, Pursuing Pixels James Jam Game Gam have even made an appearance and probably a few more will as well. Um, but I did also want to give a quick shout out to some other stuff that we've been doing uh, over on our live streams lately, which haven't been necessarily on like a schedule per se, but we've been doing some scheduled events, if you will, uh, where we uh, basically do like a live stream and check the game out like a let's play of the game and also like kind of an interview like it's not an interview per se where we're not sitting down to like just discuss and like ask questions it's kind of like a let's play and chat is sort of what I've been calling them um, but yeah we've done uh, a bunch of cool games lately and we have a few more coming down the pipeline too but I just recently did uh almost a full playthrough at least of the first four worlds it was like almost like a three and a half four hour stream of a uh, spear dx and i'm going to be uh uploading these to the youtube channel as well uh but basically yeah we just sat down with our pal ando from osat games and played through the first hundred levels of uh spear dx while uh chatting about the game and then uh also did uh, a stream of this game called germinal it's an upcoming uh precision platformer that like at first glance, you might be like, oh, you know, here's another kind of Celeste looking precision platformer. Like it just has kind of like a similar uh, pixel art resolution or whatever. But the mechanics, I mean, it's still a precision platformer as well. So it's like it's it definitely got some similarities, but the mechanics are just really cool. You basically have like this like jetpack, kind of like the flood jetpack in uh, Mario Sunshine. And you basically can use that either as like a hover pack or a double jump or both. You're kind of like basically managing your like water resources or it kind of refills on its own you don't have to like refill the actual jetpack but like it refills when you land kind of downwell style but like you're constantly like okay I gotta hover like all the way across and then use my jump at the last second because like even if you just have a little bit of water left in the tank you can still use uh your jump but you can't do a double jump well you can do a double jump but you can't do a triple jump if you will you can't jump twice with the the jetpack so it's constantly yeah just kind of managing your the amount of water you have and like okay can I clear that gap do I do I jump first and then hover do I hover then jump uh it's just such a such a great tightly designed game and there's a lot of really nice touches that I probably wouldn't have found if I wasn't doing this kind of like developer interview playthrough while we played the game but like you can kind of play like a hard mode version of the levels by uh 
like rescuing your cat or like this cat in like the opening screen uh, or the opening level. And then like in every subsequent level, there'll be like a little cat bed that the cat's like waiting there for you and you can scoop it up. And then if you take damage or die or whatever, and it's kind of one hit kill uh, precision platformer style and the cat will just, uh, you know, teleport back to the bed. So you basically just like if you want the extra challenge, it's like, OK, can you bring this cat all the way from point A to point B? Um, and it's just such a cool, such a, just the, the mechanics and the movement just feels so expressive and so fun to play. Uh, and it was just a blast playing that and chatting with the developers of that one. And then also the, probably the most recent one we did, at least at, at the time of, uh, recording this was, uh, Curse Crackers, uh, from Who the Bell Toils. Um, I always like get that name mixed up or, or wrong, but Curse Crackers nonetheless from, uh, Color Grave Games, uh, they made a previous game called Prodigal that I checked out. Both games have, uh very much like a Game Boy Color aesthetic to it. Prodigal is more of like a top-down Zelda-style dungeon crawler. There's a little more to it. Like, there's kind of some, like, you know, you can have, like, relationships, like a little bit of Stardew Valley influence in there maybe a little bit too, but beyond Stardew Valley, but, you know, just to pick, like, the most obvious examples. But otherwise, it's like uh, Curse Crackers here is like a side-scrolling precision platformer that, again, really leans into that Game Boy Color aesthetic. It's got this, like soft kind of like pastel pixel art these like purples and pinks and greens and teals it's just got such a cool um I don't know just such a cool art style and aesthetic and like even though they're going for that Game Boy Color vibe and feel they're not like totally married to that like it's still in widescreen and it's still got like various uh, like it's they're not just saying okay it's got to be the Game Boy Color aspect ratio and this and that they're kind of like fudging some things here and there but still like it, it's kind of got that shovel knight feel of like okay it feels like how i remember those game boy color games feeling or those nes games feeling like shovel knight did um just yeah like in, at least for me like i always tend to, or i shouldn't say always but i tend to prefer uh the games that kind of lean into the retro nostalgia but give you those like yeah just make you feel like this is how i remember uh, loving those old retro games and not necessarily because sometimes I fire up those retro games and I'm like, man, this game is either way harder than I remembered or just way more frustrating or tedious or annoying or whatever, whatever you want to call it. You know, the, some of those retro games, as much as I love them, they can be a little bit, a little bit janky at times. So it's kind of fun to, uh, yeah, play a more modern take. So yeah, all, all three of these games, and we've we've done a few more developer interview uh, play playing chats, whatever you want to call them. Um, we got a few more coming down the pipeline too. Some folks that we've actually had on the podcast before. Uh, Kevin Cole is the next one I've got on the docket. Our buddy Matt Glanville, uh, Crowbar Ska. We're planning on doing one with uh, him, although he just had a, a baby, so it might be a little while before we're able to uh, sync up on that because uh, I'm sure he's got a more pressing. Uh, priorities at the moment and then uh we're hoping to sync up with our buddy blabber of uh gun rounds uh fame and a bunch of other games shrine of cards from the pursuing pixels uh james jam game gam as well one of my favorites from the the game jam but uh but yeah i've done enough uh rambling here at this point i think uh already way more than i anticipated and i did i didn't even talk about uh the mechanics and spear dx you're basically just like you know, arcade single screen precision puzzle platformer where you're throwing a spear at the wall to basically like climb the wall. You can have like one spear at a time. And by the end of the game, you're like throwing the spear into like these goopy honey walls. So it's like slowly sliding down the wall. It doesn't just stick in place and you're having to time your movement and your jumps and you're picking up portals and moving them around. And it gets really puzzly. Like at first it feels very like precision -y and you're just like, okay, I just got to I just got to nail these uh, maneuvers and then you're like, OK, wait, I got to solve these levels and nail these maneuvers. It's just so cool. Uh, it's one of it's one of the best games I've played in a while. Truly a huge fan. I loved uh, Go Go Pogo Girl from uh, OSAT Games and uh, as well. But uh, but Spear and especially this new version, Spear DX, which adds uh, a bunch of new levels and a bunch of like really nice, like just slick, polish, quality of life improvements. But yeah. I just I really can't recommend all these games enough and it's been so fun to like sit down and actually do these like live play sessions while I get a little insight from the developers and maybe even some tips and tricks like I never would have found that cat secret I shouldn't say never but I definitely wouldn't have found it while checking out the demo for uh, Germinal but just so cool I'm really looking forward to doing more stuff like that uh, so definitely stay tuned I'll be uh, keeping posted on that front for sure. But uh, yeah, as always, uh, you can find us on the internet at pursuingpixels.com. And uh, I'm going to toss the ball over to uh, Randall, John, and I for some Elden Ring. And uh, in the meantime, we will uh, catch you next week. Take care.
So yeah, why don't we why don't we talk some more triple A triple yeah. A action? Hey hey everybody, welcome Ring. to the Elden Ring cast. <laughs> this is your host yes. John Hines here today yes. with Kevin Portelli. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. And Randall Nolary. <laughs> <laughs> those those classic Elden Ring noises as from software beeps and bloops. Hey, you're getting a rare save it for the cast recorded after the cast. So uh, this, is, are, this is what you get. Yeah, we wanted to make sure we had like all of our focus for the first <laughs> meaningful yeah. recording. Anytime Elden Ring or basically I feel like anytime we can get sidetracked on just about any mm. game because I feel like almost any episode we record i'm like do we have enough here to talk about and then like by the time i'm like looking at the clock like wrap it up we gotta wrap it up guys yeah Yeah. we've Um, hit our marks so so yeah we we got everything else out of the way for the episode and it's elden ring time now oh yeah and i i I figured we'd get you know put a spoiler tag like right at the yeah, beginning yeah. we're we're gonna yeah, get into call. some spoilers but i'm, I'm also want to defer to randall because i don't want to spoil him on anything mm-hmm. that's happening in so i'm not going to take the uh reins on any lore talk in elden and, ring and to be clear you haven't like beaten the game yet right so we're not getting into like end game or anything so so spoilers so like don't go into this knowing we're not like talking about the spoilers end of the game for the first third of elden ring maybe for the first 300 hours for I mean, john yeah, i'm at 140 <laughs> hours at my man point. oh my god that's <laughs> crazy man oh good lord and i'm that's crazy oh, randall's so over here much. i haven't had i've had 10 hours in the last month <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only put an extra 70 in at that same time. I would oh. if I could. I would oh if I too could. good. It's too so good. good. Like I I know that that's not a a new thing to say, but Elden Ring's a fucking good game. Oh, it's amazing. Holy shit. It's like, incredible. And like that I've I feel like I've gotten like, you know, through several major story beats and like I'm still like I feel like I'm so powerful and like so overleveled for like the opening areas. Sure. And then I unlock a new area and it's like, oh, cool, a new enemy that can kill me in one hit. <laughs> and I was like, how does this keep happening? How how do they keep doing this? Like how like this game has so much content and so much like of that like logarithmic scale of, yep. you know, like yeah. how much stronger enemies get compared to the opening of the game. But like it always feels satisfying and it always feels tense. And like the pacing of this game, which is enormous. Is yeah. Yeah. That's so the good. thing that's the most impressive to me. Like other than the fact that like I'm not as shocked that you like it as much, John, but mm-hmm. I feel like this isn't like the game that I would immediately think like, hey, Randall's going to dive into this and love it. So like, right. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. And then by the fact of, like, the scope of the game and how well it's, like, I just can't even imagine, like, trying to pace something like that out, you know? Like, well, even I've, a three-hour movie, the pacing of that feels <laughs> God. really, like, can be brutal. And that's, like, yeah, something that you have full control over as a director, in theory, you know? But, like, as a player, like, you can do anything, essentially. It's kind of just crazy. It's really impressive to me. I guess if that's I know... That's the most intriguing element to me. If I know going in, like, I know I knew going in, oh, like Elden Ring's, you know, this open world thing and the comparisons to breath of the wild and other open world games were already happening before it even released. Right. Yeah. Viewers and whoever else. And like, I knew that going in like, Oh, okay. And then, you know, playing it, you know, John mentions, you know, the, the scale of the enemies and the difficulty within, but you know, what's great is, you know, Elden Ring does what Breath of the Wild does, what Xenoblade does, where there's these crazy overleveled enemies that also are roaming in these early areas. You're like, I'm not fucking with this guy right now, but like (laughs) they're there and that makes the world feel more lively. And then it really does, you know, you, you, you grind or, you know, you don't even grind actively like you're exploring, which is its own gameplay in and of itself. And you happen to be grinding along the way because the game is built really well. And then you go back and that very scary enemy that was at the beginning is now somebody you can topple and like, pretty easily and it's like uh, and that feels amazing and you know it, there's just a lot of that that i think you just through. hit it there that you're you, when you're grinding you're also exploring i yes. think that's that's a huge again obviously i haven't played the game but like when i when it comes to other games it's like as long as the grinding doesn't feel grindy yeah it feels fun and it's fun to like be like oh shit i just got destroyed by that 
whatever. Like, but I'm not going that way. But the then grinding, it's like fun to go back later. The grinding is satisfying. It's yes, like right. even the grinding is satisfying. So yeah. <laughs> a, th- a thing that like I think was a topic that I wanted to bring up like when we were planning that we would do like a kind of dedicated Elden Ring yeah. cast. And yeah. we, like we uh, when I was talking about Death's Door and like how that like the level design in that game, you know, had a lot of like it was very shortcut based. And that is such a yeah. first half of Dark Souls like level design, mm-hmm. which does not really appear in any like major way after the first half of dark souls like after you the second half of dark souls one you get the lord vessel which allows you to warp from bonfire to bonfire so you're no longer going through this interconnected world that like you know you have to you learn to memorize where everything is and where every shortcut is because you no longer have to go through large sections of the map you have like these little like quick points of navigation that you've unlocked but once you get the lord vessel in dark souls one and then as an automatic thing you unlock in every successive game after that like it then changes the way that levels are designed because then you are basically just running a gauntlet until the next checkpoint and then mm-hmm. you can always teleport yeah. to the next checkpoint and start from there instead yeah. of like building like that's these the game shortcuts. in and of itself if you want it to be like just running and seeing another uh point of grace or you know what site of grace but that changes you know? the gameplay of the game yeah. like so dark souls 1 is something that i like the first half of it is completely unlike any other souls game because that feature just isn't it like that very granular and narrow scope of the narrow game for real. Yeah. is is so like unique to the first dark souls first half of the first dark souls game and like a thing that i appreciate is that like in say dark souls 3 where like i was just like fucking off and running past batches of enemies being like i'm gonna get yeah. outside your aggro zone and not I'm, yep. I'm just skipping this section yep. and getting to the next bonfire but yep. like that it like i felt like i was cheating when i was doing that in dark souls 3 whereas in elden ring i'm like no nah, this is a viable strategy it is <laughs> like yeah I, yeah it absolutely is if there's if i can't make my way through this one path i can make my way around and yeah. like I, there is so much like they they have planned for every route like you are never out outsmarting from software in Elden no. Ring because they're like like oh this path is this level of difficulty this path is this level of difficulty this path has a different type of difficulty and yeah. like they all are valid and they all were considered like then it's unbelievable to make like an open world game like that well considered it's It's insane i was gonna say does it feel like is there any sense of like a randomness to things like does it just feel sort of everything feels like oh this is easy this is uh, like impossible like everything feels very explicitly designed from what i've seen in that overall world and that's it's just in considering the size of the world map that's (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) yeah it's crazy that that's the case (laughs) but you can tell it is it's explicitly designed like compared to the breath of the wild map what would you say size wise like about the same, twice as big. Let me look to see if there's actually a, like because it feels bigger. I it mean, feels bigger. The, the the big difference I think is that there's more things. Like yeah, Breath yeah, of the yeah, Wild, you don't have the ability to do that glide. Like the paraglide in Zelda makes a huge difference. You get up right. on top of a mountain, you yes. glide across half the continent. You know, and yeah. the ability to climb with your stamina in Breath of the yes. Wild makes a big difference that way too for how you can traverse. You and yeah, because yeah. you're mostly just like a heavy brute in this game. I would imagine like in terms of like your agility of you can't like climb up stuff right Mm -hmm. right yeah and i think that like you like the way that breath of the wild uses space uh elden ring uses like enemies so like okay okay so that's why i think elden ring also feels more lived in like in addition to just having more like locations and more dungeons and more everything than breath of the wild. Like breath of the wild has like environment in the way that like 
Elden it's Ring. It's a pretty does sparse it. game. It's it's, it's very sparse, sparse at times, like, like but it's in a, in a good purposely. way. Oh yeah, yeah. but it also like really adds to that setting. Like when you see like a traveler, just like one lone traveler yeah. like, running down the road, you're like. Hey, I'm going to talk to this person. If totally. there's people running down the path all at all times, you're just like, oh, okay, just a dumb NPC. I'm going to ignore them. Right. But like it, it compels you to like when something catches your eye. Yeah. And I think your analogy is perfect. Like using space the way, yeah, enemies are going to draw you in and or, or lure you away mm-hmm. if uh, in Elden Ring as opposed to just seeing something like a mountain or whatever in Zelda. Oh, yeah. It's ugh, like the, the smaller areas. So, uh, Randall, you. You made your way down, which uh, well was it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mistwood. Mistwood. So yeah, think. So I have to set this up a little bit. That John, John is basically my spirit guide for <laughs> for this game for Elden Ring nice. because I I've turned myself off of Twitter. I, mm-hmm. I and I just I I've just turned myself off of like a lot of online everything in general. Smart, good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah just yeah. a little self self-containment at the moment just i i don't have enough resource to allocate to everything right now uh selfishly i guess but uh yeah that happened so you know and and on top of that i play elden ring offline mode yeah that was a conscious decision to play offline mode because i you know online mode i get you know in some ways it's designed that way right because there's all the like the blood stains and the hints and stuff and like that can be fun but i'm just not someone I'm not, I've never been someone that needs to be like, if I'm learning something new or you're trying to explain something to me, I don't want to be told everything about it. I want to learn it on my own for as much as I can and explore it myself and come to my own conclusions. Right. I don't need to be explicitly told that something's good or bad or find it over here or look over here, you know, not to mention the trolls that are going to just be, you know, it's yeah. Oh yeah. I'm with you. I'd play offline a hundred percent. So that's just kind of my mentality about those sort of things so that carries over to Elden Ring where I like no like this is too much like there's and there's hints everywhere like this is like this is getting into an issue where like I'm spending more time looking at those things and playing the game and like that's that's not the game for me it is for other people that's fine I get it it's not for me I turned it off, went offline. So all that to say, John is is my hints person. So John tells me when something is worth checking out. And I really love that because it still allows me to cut through some of the inherent obtuseness of these sort of games. <laughs> right, right. You know, and be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, of course, there's this well. I had found this well early on in my experience, but I was a scaredy cat. It was like, oh, I'm yes. really like going down far. It means there's going to yeah. be a mega monster. Things are too quiet down here. I'm I'm going to get fucked up in two seconds. And I had probably a lot of runes that I could turn into a level within oh, reason. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I'm out. Yep. And then I, you know, and then you move on and you forget that you ever did it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. cause it's so huge. So yeah. like, John's like, Hey, have you, have you checked out a well? Yeah, I'm like, what a well? Is he talking like one of the wells? Like a little like yeah, I'm thinking like a well, like get a pail of water well. I'm not mm-hmm. thinking like it's this fucking a big, dungeon. Yeah, it's this like temple thing that you walk into and then you you go on this like button on the floor and then it this whole like part of the floor starts going down and it's like And it keeps going down, down and, and it down doesn't and down. stop yeah. going down until no. okay. until there's a night <laughs> sky on the yeah, like ground above you. It's Oh, I saw I saw some pictures of that. I remember thinking like this is a cool screenshot because I remember thinking like everyone keeps saying how gorgeous this game looks and it looks just kind of brown and bland to me. But I I saw a picture of that. and I was like, "Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And it's like this little treat that they give you. And I'm like, ah, and I know why John also likes this because immediately it evoked Risk of Rain 2 or like to me, like Fantasy Star Online type of vibes in the way that the well works. And I'm like, oh boy, oh, oh, okay, I get this now. This is amazing. And there's so many puzzles. Like, oh God, this game is so fucking good. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. And, And it's beautiful down there. Like you said, you see the stars and you like, there's kind of sort of a set path in those well, at least in the, yeah. the well that I went in, it, you know, through the the mist woods. I mean, and, that, that was yeah. kind of the point I was I was going to make was that like yeah. those are the closest to original Dark Souls like levels oh, in that okay, yeah. I feel like they are way more straightforward in mm-hmm. their paths and like the puzzles that you do within them. Yep. So like. 
you you have your cake and eat it too. Like there's yeah. there's so but much just used more like dungeons game. in this case as opposed to like an open area a little bit. Like to me, I'm just picturing it as a dungeon because Randall said temple. I think, but I think and it's I'm like water water temple dungeon. I think know? if you were to think of like a traditional Dark Souls level or area, like because they are massive in Dark Souls, so like kind of in that same scale. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're following this path, and then on top of that, like, down there are all these, like, exotic materials that you've never gotten yep. before. And oh I was like, god. oh my god, like, everything is, like, a different version that I've never gotten before of this thing. And, like, none of the enemies are so, you know, scary or intimidating that I couldn't take them out. Maybe that would have been the case if I would have gone in within that first 10-hour right. period when I first found it. But now that I'm, whatever, 70 hours in, it's like, oh, cool, this is perfect. So I love it. Yeah. Also, the thing that uh, I think the Elden Ring formula versus like the like the availability of exploration and just like going around and kind of downtime and less like bottlenecks where you're like panicking constantly yeah. and like having to like engage in like tense combat like it has. I have had the same build in every Dark Souls game like that I've ever played and I have never strayed from that. I have always gotten an axe with some ability like magic ability on it so that I have at least two sources of damage and then I have pyromancy and that is yep. how I have played literally every Dark Souls game and I have refused to learn any <laughs> other way to play them. And this game had enough breathing room between like major areas where i was like eh, let's fuck around and try some other weapons let's try yeah. some other like loadouts that's cool because yeah i usually feel in the games like this like i've already dumped enough stats into this or right. i've gotten comfortable enough you just feel like you can't you've spent enough time leveling this up or whatever you can't turn back yeah right and like i remember i texted randall where i was like after i beat a boss with the twin blade which was a completely different weapon type than an axe big time and like that is it's i, I basically do it as much as i do the axe at this point like i'm like yeah, Man. I have like multiple weapon loadouts that I enjoy doing and feel equally proficient in. And like they are I'm like, oh, well, this uh, this enemy is like uh, weak against fire. I'm going to bring out this twin blade or, oh, this enemy is like resistant to it. I was like, I can switch up to a different weapon. Like I don't have like all my eggs in one basket and I can like alter yep. my play style based on like, oh, this dungeon is like. Oh, you know, I need to be moving around more is like, oh, I just need to hit hard and like, like keep going. It's like, oh, God, I fucking love this game. And even like even with more nuance, like the twin blade is Ugh. you have to dual hand that. Right. So oh, that, you, that is also it your changes lock. Like right? I've tried okay. every weapon combination. I've done every weapon in dual like because you can dual wield and dual uh ha dual hand like each weapon so right. like a dual handing the combo for twin blade does a way more like 360 you're twirling it around your entire body so it's great against like weak horde enemies yeah whereas like if you dual hand an axe you're just doing a much harder attack that can break right. poise on like a like an enemy like break their combo in the middle of a thing way but more if you, timing based at that point but you if know, you have then, in two hands, like two twin blades, then you're just like <laughs> you're twirling around and jumping like you're Darth Maul or like a lightsaber. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's so good. It's so oh, that's fun. amazing. Oh, love that's it. awesome. That's amazing. I have a hard time picturing the characters in any Souls related game moving as nimbly as Dark uh, Darth Maul, but you yeah. can run and jump. You can. Are you fight on horseback like yeah. is there a jump there's a jump button there's a jump yes. button in this because which it, there's not jump in dark souls right no i mean uh, there the is a games? jump mechanic but it's not a button what you <laughs> do <laughs> is it's like you zelda run, style like run off the edge like old zelda you have style. to let go of the run button when when you let go of the run button you will jump <laughs> no yes which why are these games popular right no but also then in like all like dark souls one through three there are platforming puzzles 
Yeah, you I remember that was do that shit. Mm-hmm. I remember watching do, like Steve do this weird like gauntlet where like just jumping on these like moving like yep. obstacle course like swinging blades back yep. and forth. I was like this this sucks. This game is like this would even be lame if it was a Mario level and you had the ability to platform. They put like, you in it, Prince it, of Persia it, without the controls, basically. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Jump button turns those into. I wouldn't. I'm like, not it's going to go fun. as far as to say fun, but like they're doable. Like, yes. but it can be fun. It can definitely be fun in platform or uh, not in platforming. Sorry, in combat. Like I know, like when you can jump and like do an attack. Oh yes. at the end of a jump oh, yeah. and like get that slam. Like then you can break like, poise a easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh. uh, so that that can be pretty fun and dynamic. So, but but when you're dual wielding or dual handing something, then you can't have like a shield or right something right. like that. I'm assuming. Yeah, and like uh, you also can't go if you're dual handing then you uh, can guard, but it's not as effective as a shield. Right. Because you're just holding the weapon up to guard. But Some if you damage are, is probably going to bleed through at that point. Right. Yeah. But if you are you can, dual uh, wielding, then you can't you can't guard. You are The guard button is then dedicated to attacking with both weapons simultaneously. <laughs> interesting. It's interesting. so fun. Because it feels like you could, like, cross them. <laughs> you could, like, cross the two weapons and use them to block, maybe, but... Uh, but also not in the mechanics but you can do that with any weapon any weapon any weapon and they almost uh if you are playing with two weapons of the if you are dual wielding of the same weapon type you will it will have a bespoke dual wielding combo oh man i haven't tried that yet it is that's sweet you know what's so super fun that's dual wielding colossal weapons you have (laughs) you are so overloaded that you can't like you basically you have your fat rolling at that point, so you can't right. dodge anything. But right, literally yeah. a normal attack will break basically every enemy's poise. <laughs> like <laughs> that's kind of awesome. I, I was like, oh man, if I did, if I was like dedicated to this, like I would just put like on the heaviest armor because I'm not dodging at this point. Yeah, and like yeah. I just would have like the max poise and yeah. I'm just like swinging the biggest weapons around just and like a terminator out there just go slowly killing everything it's so yeah. fun because like, no, like basically like unless you're against a boss like you're breaking every enemy's poise in one hit and it feels so good oh yeah <laughs> it's so- breaking poise in general just feels amazing so yeah. to do that that easily oh. is super satisfying but if you if you miss and then you get you're caught oh then you're done you're fucking dead it's so (laughs) yeah (sighs) i like how it's like because yeah i've seen i've definitely seen some like clips of the game where it almost feels like it's like a slapstick comedy like just the way a character will die or the way like an enemy like there was one battle i might have even mentioned this before when you guys talked about on the podcast but there was like this like night like like it looked like super menacing like it was like oh shit this battle's about to get real and then it just did this like backwards jump like right out the window and (laughs) fell off of a cliff (laughs) and it was just like oh i guess that but enough of that boss it was just hilarious the way it worked honestly dark souls is so fun like some of the shit that it does is like honestly the funniest stuff that happens in games like (laughs) i think we've mentioned uh patches before who is a constant in the from software games and yeah, he's just yeah. a sniveling little shit who always like uh, is sometimes a vendor, but like most of the time just like is hanging out by a place. And he's like, hey, why don't you go? Uh, there's some treasure over there. Why don't you go there? And like tries to send you to your immediate death. <laughs> and like if you yeah. then confront him about it, he's like, hey, hey, I didn't mean anything, but don't, don't worry about it. Hey, uh, hey here, how about have, have this item? Don't kill me. But like you be can cool, summon cool, patches guy. for uh, as an NPC for a boss battle. And what happens is Patches loads in, and then immediately you get the notification, Patches has returned to his world. And like, <laughs> you just like waste the time of summoning him, and he just disappears. <laughs> and like the first time that happened, I'm just laughed so hard. I'm like, this See you later, rules. Poochie. Sometimes there's like sometimes a weird like (laughs) a game being so hard too can sometimes just be funny like you're Mm -hmm. just like dying so much you're just like this like when I was even when I was playing Bell Boomerang earlier like I was just like this is just hilarious this is so fucking hard it's funny yeah oh Oh, man that's great I need to play more of this game Uh, man I I, I've got so much I want to talk about in this game like I've got. I, w- I was going to say, like, as the resident Dark Souls 2 defender of this podcast, like, <laughs> yeah. I, the fact that there are entire dungeons that are, like, 
predicated around you having a torch is I love. I love the like how gingerly you have to go through these areas that are pitch black otherwise. And like you're like going into this next area is like, ah, shit, there's seven enemies in there. I'm like uh-huh. back out, back out. I need to take off, like put this lantern on that gives me a little bit of brightness. I was going to ask if you had oh. gotten the lantern, the belt lantern. But every time you talked about torch stuff, I'm like, eh, I wonder if he's gotten that, that lantern. Oh, I've got that lantern. Some of those places are still fucking dark. Like, no doubt about it. <laughs> like it is enough for combat where I'm like, yeah, I anything that's going to be within my field of vision that I'm engaging. But like yeah. anytime I enter a new room where it's all pitch black, I'm like, no, I need that torch. I need to see a little bit further than like my immediate vicinity. What they're giving you, yeah. See, uh, I just cheese it with my my right stick clicks. Oh yeah, to find where enemies are potentially within reason. Within reason, but Dark Souls loves putting enemies <laughs> outside of reason. Like that makes or sense. around a corner or something. Or yeah. buried what is the right stick? Is it like a is it like a sonar kind of like? It's kind Batman of just like it auto targets. Yeah, auto target okay. aim okay. aim on enemies within your field of view, sort of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Auto but. lock, sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> what else? Good stuff. Like, there's so many other things that I want to like. We haven't even gotten into like the story of it, which is also like I, I've really come to love like the whole from software like Miyazaki basically tells the same story in literally every from software game where <laughs> you know there is a long dying world where you know reality is bending or unreliable and uh your options basically are either to like have the world continue on as it is usher in an era of rebirth within the system or completely destroy the system and see what will happen there. And Mm -hmm. that is in every single game. And he sticks to it each time. And like, I like it's, I don't know. The part of it is just like so fascinating to see how like other NPCs in like these doomed worlds, like, deal with the fact that it's like hey yeah. we live in a living hell like yeah how you doing but i'm still a merchant yeah. what you want man yep. like, yeah i still gotta make a living is <laughs> like we live in a living hell but i don't want to like uh, change the world as it is that that's heresy don't like burn the system that traps us in this endless suffering like that's right what else are we gonna do <laughs> try something yeah, new ambition. yeah oh uh. Like, which may be why it's so resonant with people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was going to say, is there any like sense of hope in the game? I mean, as you play, like, do you feel like you're like chipping away? Like, oh, there is a bright like you're playing for something or is it just like, hey, I'm going to beat the game, but it's still going to suck in, in the end. Are the bad endings truly bad if you're breaking free from the cycle, endless, infinite cycles that they're all in? Like, uh, yeah. Someone was posting a lot of, like, really good screen caps of, like, uh, there's an area in Dark Souls 1 where you, it's not a, it's not a necessary area. There's no, like, major boss even in that area. There's just, like, an optional side thing that is pretty hidden, like, really difficult to get to, but it is, you go, uh, again, kind of like the well, you go underground and, like, in this area that has an expanse of the underground, which is as high as the sky and like feels like you're in a new area. And like, you just see an endless expanse of these trees that have been growing there for probably millennia or like an infinite amount of time. And it's like, Oh yeah, yeah, this has just been happening over and over and over again. And like, why is it different for like the time that I exist as this, like, the main character of this game like what am i going to so like it is revolutionary if you are the one to destroy this system which has been going on basically for time immemorial but like right oh yeah so good oh the environmental storytelling is just fantastic in Elden Ring, and it seems like that carries backwards for the Souls games yeah, that I have in the whole series. Yeah. yeah, if you're a fan, like that seems to be a huge selling point for it, sure. It, it is for me in Elden Ring. It's yeah. it's doing it. Like I 
I don't know. I feel like even when I was playing the Dark Souls games and like enjoying, really enjoying the Dark Souls games, I don't yeah. think it resonated nearly as much as it has with this one. And I, yeah, I don't know if it's just because like I think there's more downtime where I'm actually enjoying the game as opposed to whereas in Dark Souls it's one of those games where Lauren would like put her hand on my shoulder and be like, why don't, why don't you take a break? From this? Like you're, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you seem you're to be getting you upset. Like, you don't look like you're having fun anymore. Yeah. yeah. Put on Kirby. Kirby's a fun game where you yep. are happy. Yeah. Like yep. this game is not making you happy. Nope. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Do you think there's any part of that too? Cause I, to the best of my knowledge, I think when you've played the dark Souls stuff, you, you were not playing it like at the time that it was kind of new and somewhat relevant. Do you think there's some of that? Like, not that you're like, constantly going online and talking about Elden Ring but just in general like oh it's in the zeitgeist right now and it's kind of, sometimes it's, it's lame but it fe- it can just be like cool to experience something while it's relevant kind of you know and and it's I just nice. 100% like resign myself to the fact that I wasn't going to play this game and then DJ was like eh, I think you can download this and then yeah. like I they it absorbed my entire life. <laughs> I think we literally went, I think on one episode of the podcast, you were like, yeah, I'm just not going to be able to play it. So no biggie. Like and then the years. next episode was yeah. like, Hey, so I downloaded it on my PS4 and I've played like 70 <laughs> hours now. It's over. Like, it's Yeah. It's amazing. This oh, is it. Truly. And it's still, still running. Okay. On the PS4. Like now that you're deeper into the game. Cause I know some of those games, like once you start like buffing and leveling up and stacking up, I guess it's not like a rogue, like where you're like stacking upgrades like that or anything, but there are some games where I play where like the deeper you get in and like the more things start stacking and getting more complicated in the menus and whatever. It's like, Oh, this game is chugging. I haven't but, actually checked what the max level is in Elden ring. Cause I know it's like, 800 usually for Jesus 800 jeez <laughs> which what is, is unbelievable 713 is the max level in Elden Ring how do they decide this stuff it's uh, the dude the it makes me think the like, numbers part of me makes me think it's totally random but then like mm. when you guys are talking about how well balanced and how well it feels it like it really makes me think they have some kind of crazy like calculus going on where they're like okay this is the max level that will feel perfect for if you're at the mm-hmm. final boss and you really, you know, I feel like they, there's a reason it's 713. I feel like it's arbitrary though. Oh God, I didn't even or mention. Or at least it's all relative. Like maybe it's not like 713 isn't important, but everything else is relative to that mm-hmm. in a way that it is meaningful or something. So I don't know. leveling in Dark Souls games is also really weird in that it's front loaded and like exponential like and normally like in all rpgs like oh it costs more yeah. as like you right. level up so you're not using yeah. the same amount of exp but also there are severe diminishing returns i think for each stat so like once you level up a stat to i think like 40 or something then like it also takes multiple levels for that individual stat to increase actually Makes sense. yeah okay, so okay. like it, it's there's there's some nonsense even beyond that like no player is getting to level 713 like <laughs> i am no player yeah i was sure gonna say there's, there's gotta be somebody out there i mean yeah i'm but it takes uh but yeah, that's that's not like a stand. You're not going to get there if you're playing the game and going no. for even if you're going for 100 percent, even if probably you're probably not going to end up doing that. You're not yeah, doing yeah. that. Like uh, if you get every stat to 40, which like what level what level are you at roughly if you had to guess 160 something like okay, that? Holy yeah. So shit. but that's that feels huge. But yeah, you're like not even a third of the way there, about a third right. of the way. No, yeah, not, not even, even a third. Yeah, it's yeah. it's wild quarter. It's dwarfing it's, me at this point. Yeah, what are what are you at, Randall? I think I was you, last at like seventy three yes. or four, or something like that. Yeah, that rings a vague bell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've been doing bird glitch. Oh, I've been. I need to know where that place is. I don't know where it is. You got to go online briefly. I don't want to go online. Yeah, it's you got place. Do it. It's a place because <laughs> when you said bird glitch, I just think like missing number. Swim up and down the coast and get some rare candy. There is a <laughs> there is a cliff that you can get to. Uh, and you have to you have to run past a lot of enemies that are over leveled and you can once you are on top of that cliff uh there is a sight of grace literally right there and mm-hmm. you can aim down at the like way far away with a bow or a crossbow and one of those n- gross looking 
crows from uh, uh is it Cadia? Uh, mm-hmm. And one of those is yeah. down there, and you aim it, and it runs off the cliff, and you get eleven thousand runes. Man, <laughs> and then you this re- is missing number for sure. And then you reset yeah. at that side of grace, and you do it all over again. <laughs> and you get eleven thousand runes every ten seconds, and you cut out a lot of bullshit of like, oh, I don't have enough. Because normally, what you would do is, oh, I would I'll go and respec my class and like put all of my uh whatchamacallit, uh, stats into intelligence so that I can wield this. I'm like, I'm going to go kill 100 birds, and now I have enough intelligence to wield this weapon. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I, I, it cuts down on bullshit. I, I typically now do it like when I'm like close to leveling yep. up, and I'm like, I don't. I just want to get this over with, and I can restart at the next yeah. boss with zero yeah, runes. Yeah. Like, because you don't want to risk that. Exactly. You're like, oh, uh, this feels like a boss encounter, and I'm so close to leveling up, and I'm gonna lose everything in the boss zone if I do this, and that sucks. Or when you accidentally walk into an area where it doesn't look like there's a boss going to uh, be there, and then suddenly a fog gate pops up, uh, and you're like, ah, shit. Well, yep-er. looks like I'm doing this until I either die twice or beat him. Okay, I'm going to find the bird farm. I did search this once before, and I was like, well, you know, there's you have to be... Steps. Yeah, a lot of you needed to talk to this NPC at the beginning of the game, and then yeah. you did this, and it's better if you're online. But dude, uh, like, oh, it almost geez. sounds like going for like the the like those weird items in a uh, Ocarina of Time, where it was like, yep. oh, if if you got like the Mega Master Sword or whatever sword, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Talk to you had to talk to like every then... person in order, and you best yeah. believe I got the Goron Sword. Oh, I yeah. never did that. I never did that. I think oh, I tried dope. at one point, yeah, but nice. I never, I never got it. Yeah, I had much it, I played like it. Elden Ring. You can't wield a sword when you're using the big Goron Sword because you're dual handing. That. Yeah, yeah. I do. I've definitely played it at my friend's house or my cousin's or something because I do remember like ha- wielding that huge sword for a brief moment. But I definitely know it wasn't on my cartridge. Take that, Final <sighs> Fantasy VII. <laughs> yeah, for real. <sighs> For real. All right. Should we should we call it for today? Yeah. <laughs> Enough Elden. Enough Elden Ring there. Yeah. We've, we've been we'll talking for we'll heck back. yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad we got some more Elden Ring in though, because yeah, it's been a been a little while since we've chatted it's, about I'm that. Go, I'm gonna be talking. I know about Randall it again. hasn't. I know I am. I yeah, love play more of this video game. I love when we have these ongoing sagas, especially if we can like whether it's like the basketball stuff. I was actually cracking up the other day in the uh, when I was doing a stream. I might have mentioned this to you, John, when we recorded last week. But like, I put a lot of times I put the music from the save it for the cast things like just on a, like in a loop and background because i made there was those songs i made for e minus mm-hmm. so i just yeah. put those on in a loop because like i don't want to get any copyright strikes or anything so i'm like i'll just put these on that i made so i don't have to worry about anything yep. um and then uh, i had like the slow like mellow music on in the background while i went to like run to the bathroom or get some coffee or something yeah and rp was hanging out in the chat and he was like oh man i need to hear some basketball talk going right now <laughs> like as soon as he heard that music i was like oh yes i love it Oh, I yeah, love it. That is that is good music. The the music, the interstitial music that you use is mm-hmm. is very good. That's good if music. It, if it sets the tone for like, yeah. I I really like how it gives each like the regular episodes in that episode have yeah. a totally different energy oh, yeah. and it feels appropriate. It feels like okay, it makes sense here's, that we're not like introing it proper. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep, exactly. It worked out way better yeah. than I thought. Way better than I thought. That was the pause menu music. Ooh, uh, that boo doo 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 I was re- I was going for that like Mario kind of percussion. It's fun. That was fun to work on. That was fun to work on the music for that and the sound effects too. Was actually almost even more fun because I was like, I'm gonna make every sound in this game with this one synth plugin that I downloaded. Nice. So I was like, I'm gonna just do all pitch shifting and just weird stuff and yeah, it was fun. You did a good job. Thanks. Thanks. I definitely want to try to 
work on it next time we host a game jam i'm gonna actually try to be on a team as well and do do some music at the very least like part like if we if i had like thought of this before the game jam had started i was like ah it would be kind of nice to do like oh here's like an open source like pursuing pixels like sound library of like i I thought about doing something like that too or being like hey if anybody needs a song you can use one of these chiptune riffs i made or something sweet yeah and then it would be like it would be cute to like see is like oh yeah this sound pops up in like most of these games Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that would just how is it applied yep yeah uh, that could almost be like one of the challenges like that you have to use this in the but then, like, I kept seeing people as like, "Hey, anyone, anyone need a sound designer for those?" Like, ah, I don't want to be like, "Yeah, look, use one Let of my sounds." Then. Like, when someone's like actually gonna dedicate their time to like making something for a specific project, I was like, eh. I was so tempted because uh, Securus had mentioned that he was looking for a composer at one point, and like he was showing, he made mm-hmm. that like a Temple of Kashteki, that like precision platformer, mm-hmm. I, like. Securus makes awesome stuff. So I was yeah. just like, I was so tempted when he was like, hey, I'm looking for a composer. And I was like, uh, but I was like, you know what? I was like, I've never hosted a jam before. I was like, I just want to focus on right. like, or I was like, right. there's already way more people signed up than I anticipated. So I was like, I really want to just make sure I don't, you know, make this suck or don't do a good job hosting it, which I, to me, it really, I don't really, feel, I mean, I did a lot of stuff, but for the most part, it was all fun for me to do. But I've, I have some of the devs were like, oh man, I've done some jams before that were terrible. And like, they were like, this is the best jam I've ever participated in. Oh, I'm like, shit. to me, I just, I just nice. felt like I just did. It's not like I like cared. looked into how like, to run a yeah. game jam. I just like did some, I just like, yeah, just put some effort into it, I guess. But, um, but I, and the only game jams I ever pay attention, or I shouldn't say the only, but the ones I see are usually the ones that have a little more popularity. So usually mm. those have the same kind of love and care put into them so right to me it was just like okay this is how you do it <laughs> you do it like you care about it yeah because yeah i guess the, like some people would say like oh man i was like entered this jam and then the host like literally just never responded to anyone's questions mm. or anyone's anything it's like oh yeah what's the point of yeah hosting, hosting it if it, you're not yeah. gonna whatever and those streams were so fun for like with all the developers hanging out it was it was pretty cool that's awesome pretty cool times definitely looking forward to the next one Very nice